Alrighty, welcome back to the Queen City Roundup podcast where we talk about all things Toronto sports. And we are pleased to be joined by a very good guest in the G- who is very big in the GTA sport landscape. Uh, we're joined by the one and only Luca Rosano. Uh, so Luca, thanks for taking the time to, to sit down and uh, shoot, the, shoot the shit with us. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, guys. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so let's let's not waste time. Let's dive right into uh, the biggest uh, story, which is Hold Fred on. Van Vliet. Hold on. Before we get into the meat of the show, there's one thing I want to ask Luca. All what right. was it like <laughs> debating Stephen A. Smith? What was that experience I was going like? to save that for the end, but okay, I guess we're going <laughs> to dive into that first. Yeah, no, it was, it. Uh, it was a surreal experience, man. Uh, definitely the highlight, one of the biggest highlights of my career um yeah Stephen A. Smith such a solid guy obviously he's a legend in the industry uh he was a really solid person you know after we did that hit he kind of you know talked to me on a personal level really cool guy and uh he's obviously gone through a lot to get where he is so to be able to go up against you know one of my idols and a guy that kind of inspired me to get into this industry uh it meant a lot and uh, it was definitely a big stepping stone for me yeah I think were uh, you uh, intimidated at all yeah, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> uh, not, not so much. I just kind of went in with the mindset that I could, you know, hang with the best of them. I, I've always had that mindset. So uh, it was, I wouldn't say I was intimidated. It was just more of like a like a, a shock factor where like I couldn't believe I was actually doing it until it actually happened. But uh, yeah, as far as like being intimidated by him, uh, no, not really. I think uh, I, I kind of try to match his energy. Uh, you know, every time he try to make a point, I try to just be as argumentative as possible and kind of stand my ground. So, uh, yeah, I thought it did fairly well. Yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, it's definitely scary, especially when you look at somebody at that big in stature in the in the industry. Like, I've uh, – Joey can can relate to this, but we had uh, Josh Clokey from The Athletic on uh, many, many months ago, and we were talking about, like, TFC and the Leafs, and that was – probably one of the most intimidating things I've ever done just because like I haven't talked to somebody of that that stature um and it, it was really cool afterwards just like he was really cool really open-minded and it's really you know once you take away the aspect of like their following you kind of realize that they're just a fan like us and they want to you know they want to see things happen just like we want to see things happen and we're all kind of reacting in real time so it's it, it was an eye-opener for sure but now uh after doing so many of these, uh, so many of these episodes with Luke or with uh, with Joey, and it's definitely a lot more easier now, but it's still obviously a challenge. Um, but you know, such is life in the in, in the sport industry. You gotta you gotta live and learn, take your punches. Um, so speaking of learning, uh, we learned some new info about about Fred VanVleet, um, and I'm sure Luca, you're dying to to talk about this because you've actually been having the chance to talk to Fred VanVleet. You've asked him a couple questions, I believe, uh, in the past. Uh, but obviously it came out on J.J. Reddick's podcast that he uh, just wants to get paid, you know, because he's wa- he's done it all. He's won the championship. He just wants to get paid. Does that slam the door of him coming back to the Raptors? No, not at all. And I think people overreacted to that comment. I mean, you look at Fred's situation, you know, all that he's had to endure – Uh, He deserves to get paid, and rightfully so. Uh, You know, I I said in a tweet that he should be selfish in this situation. A lot of people don't even have him making it to the NBA, let alone be a starter on, uh, you know, a championship-winning team. Uh, Fred's paid his dues. He's a hardworking player. 
He's got, you know, the assets you want from a guard, and uh, he's as talented as they come at that position. So he definitely should look to utilize his his max capability now and cash in on a big payday. Because you look at even this, you know, upcoming NBA offseason, it's set up in a way where Fred's going to have a magnificent opportunity to get the bag and to get that big-time contract in a weaker NBA offseason. If this was, you know, next year, then, yeah, Fred would definitely have been uh, overlooked, but because he's one of the biggest names right now, I have him ranked third behind Anthony Davis and Brandon Ingram. I, I think Fred Van Vliet should capitalize on getting a big payday. So it's just going to come down to uh, the Raptors' priorities and uh, how badly they want him, and if they will, in fact, give Fred the money that he's looking for. Yeah, it's a great way to to describe it. Just because I know a lot of people hear those comments and they automatically think like oh no like he wants a whole lot of money like they won't you know the team that had him before won't buck up and like like this is clearly a negotiation tactic like the guy just wants to get paid and rightfully so I mean like once you hit your prime in sports like you know around 26 27 and then going into your 30s you want to secure that money because you don't know how long you have in the uh you don't know how long you have in the professional landscape, so I don't blame him at all. Um, but in addition to that, you know, there were some rumors that the Knicks might be in on him. Do you think that he maybe considers looking at the Knicks offer based on, you know, the fact that they have the cast face and that they would really need a, a point guard to help drive that offense? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I look at it from this lens. I mean, if a team like the Knicks or even the Pistons, that's obviously another rumor team, uh, if they come out and offer Fred, let's just say the max, I mean, that would put the Raptors in a very, very tight predicament because obviously this team wants to bring Fred back. Masai Ujiri has gone on record as saying that he is going to be a top priority for this team. But then if you're the Raptors at that point, do you really want to give Fred the max contract um, and kind of compromise what you can then do past this offseason? Obviously, everybody's looking ahead to 2021, but... Giannis might not even be there. There's rumors that Giannis might sign a Supermax as soon as this week. Um, there's obviously going to be other names on that uh, free agency uh, class with, you know, uh, Kawhi Leonard and, and Oladipo and some, and some other guys. So it's just going to come down to how much the Raptors value Fred. And there is a lot of value there. You know, I'll make the argument that the Raptors, they need Fred VanVleet because you look at their guard situation, it's very, very bleak. Um, with Kyle Lowry entering towards the latter half of his career, who knows how many years he's got left, although he has been playing his best ball. But let's call it for what it is. If, if Kyle Lowry's got, you know, one to two seasons left, uh, obviously the big news of Terrence Davis, his days as a Raptor might be outnumbered. All you have then in terms of, you know, guards on this team in the future are, are, are Norman Powell. So I think Fred VanVleet can provide tremendous value for this team as being that next future point guard to take over the reins once Kyle Lowry officially calls it a career. So uh, I, I'm as interested as you guys. I, I really want to see how this is going to pan out. And if the Raptors, you know, are dealt with a situation where a team like the Knicks or the Pistons offer Fred the max, will the Raptors overshoot in that situation and bring them back? Right. Definitely. So, uh, so if it comes to a situation where the Raptors, Raptors are not confident in their chances of bringing back um, Fred VanVleet because um, he'll choose a, a a max deal to go to like a rumor team like the Pistons or Knicks as we mentioned before. Where, what do you think the Raptors' uh, options are? Like, is there are they going to go trade route or do you think they 
a look at at um, a more value guy in in this year's free agency. Yeah, I mean, we've all heard the recent rumors in the last 24 hours of Oladipo apparently asking if he could play for other teams, and, and one of those teams included the Raptors. And there's obviously the rumor trade scenario. I, uh, I did a video on this where it would be a, a signed trade with Fred uh, and Victor Oladipo. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I, I think it would make sense for both teams, um, but that's probably unlikely at this point. Outside of a trade, if the Raptors were to just lose Fred straight up, uh, there are actually some guys uh, on the market that I can see the Raptors get that would replace some of the value that they would lose uh, in losing Fred Van Vliet. A guy that comes to mind is Goran Dragic. He's a veteran. Uh, obviously, he was a big part of that you know, heat run to the NBA Finals. I can see Goran Dragic being a one-year player that the Raptors bring in and, and, and see what he can do. Uh, another guy, another veteran, Jeff Teague. You know, tremendous high basketball IQ. Uh, he's a guy that I think would fit well with this team and, and definitely, you know, play well alongside a guy like Kyle Lowry. And then a, another guy uh, that w- I would be interested in uh, if I were the Raptors and, and they lose Fred is Joe Harris. I mean, he's one of the best shooters in the league. Many teams are going to be interested in him. Um, he led the league in three-point percentage uh, last season or in 2018-2019. So that's a guy who uh, I'd be very interested that the Raptors target if they lose Fred, and he's like a solid two so you can obviously insert him at that shooting guard position. And uh, I think he would provide immediate value for the Raptors. So there are different routes the Raptors can take. It wouldn't be the end of the world if they lose Fred. Obviously, the Raptors could even go the draft route and draft a younger player uh, that could maybe become the next Fred Van Vliet in a couple of years. But knowing this team, I think they're still in win-now mode. If they were to lose Fred, I would see Masai Ujiri be aggressive and try to get you know a bigger free agent name although like i said to begin the show this isn't necessarily a deep free agency class yeah um, so uh, uh one name that i'm very much attracted to in the trade route is uh drew holiday he's been a player that i've been a fan of i think he's one of the more most underrated players in in, in the league uh i've heard stuff about the celtics having a deal put in place for him um, but what do you think? Do you think that's a name that the Raptors pursue if that if that rumor isn't true about um, about the Celtics being in on him? Uh, I wouldn't do the Drew Holiday route. I, I think when I looked at it, um, the Raptors would have to probably include an OG and an Obi to make that happen. And I'm completely opposed to that. I think OG's the brightest guy on this team. Um, yes, and I say that even ahead of Siakam. I'm a huge OG guy. And if Masai Ujiri didn't include OG Ananobi to get Kawhi Leonard. I don't, I don't think he would part ways with OG Ananobi at all. So I, I wouldn't go the Drew Holiday route just because I don't think we can come up with a package that would make sense for us. Uh, don't get me wrong, Drew Holiday is going to be a very sought-out guard, um, but ultimately I see him landing with uh, with a team that can A, make a good trade for him, and, and B, a team that's on the cusp of title contention. So the Celtics would make sense. Um, or, you know, even some of these other teams, like I, what did I see? I saw like even, you know, uh, the Lakers. Uh, so Drew Holiday will be a sought-out candidate, but I don't think it, he'll make sense for the Raptors just given their their trade options. Yeah, and I know, I'm glad that you mentioned the Lakers just because another Raptor has been having ties. Uh, well, another two Raptors. Uh, well, one former Raptor and one current Raptor. Um, but we'll talk about obviously Ibaka first, um, just because you know there have been a lot of teams that have been in on him. Uh, you know, the Lakers were one that we heard was kind of been a forefront for them. 
we heard that maybe the Nets might be interested. Maybe KD's looking to recruit, uh, recruit Rebaca. Uh, and now the Rockets are also a, a team that are also thrown into that mix. Do you think that Abaka, if money wasn't an issue, like he, I think he would be back here. But do you think with him being 31 and him wanting to see, you know, what's left for him, do you think he maybe goes out and takes a bigger deal, even on the short term, with like a Lakers team or a Nets team that are going to look to take that next step? Yeah, it'll come down to money for sure. Serge Ibaka is another guy who deserves to get paid after his contributions to the 2019 champion Raptors season. And then, of course, this past season. I mean, he was arguably one of the, the better Raptors, especially in the postseason. I'm a huge Serge fan. In a perfect world, I'd love to see him back. And I think the Raptors need to show him the money. Uh, Doug Smith wrote about the golden handshake of it being a one-year deal, $30 million. I'd be very, very inclined to doing that or even a one plus one where you would give Abaka 30 million in the first season. And then you have the option in the second season to either opt into that next 30 million, or you can decline it given the situation of your cap going into the 2021 off season. I would do both of those in a heartbeat. Uh, Serge Abaka deserves to be here. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, if there's a team, um, you know, rumored to get them and they offer Serge Abaka a little bit more of a compelling deal that has more years thrown onto it, maybe a three or even four year deal. Cause yes, he is 31, but again, he shows no signs of slowing down. Um, I could see Serge Ibaka want to maybe, you know, finish his career off on a, on a longer term deal. Uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, these guys in their thirties, they want to, you know, secure the bag and, and secure their financial flexibility moving forward. So I could definitely see a situation where Ibaka would be more inclined a three to four year deal that's something i don't see the raptors offering them um but at the end of the day if i had to make a prediction i will say that abaka will return to the raptors on at least one year um and then again that would uh you know be the best case scenario for both those parties mm -hmm. yeah uh, serge is definitely someone i want to i want to see stays such a likable guy and obviously good on the court but moving on to another uh raptors free agent another Another big is uh, is Bouchard, or Boucher, my bad, um, Chris Boucher. Um, how do you think the market is for him? Because he is an unrestricted free agent, if I, if I remember correctly. And um, what do you think, like, even if the Raptors to re-sign him, what, like, what money that would take? Because he is still very young, has played, well, he's 27 years old, hasn't had much time in the NBA, hasn't has played in a limited role, but has very good, like, numbers, especially efficiency-wise. efficiency, efficiency -wise. So, like, what do you think a contract for him would look like? Before you answer, I hate to be a buzzkill, but it does say I'm on, I'm on sport track right now, and it says that Chris Boucher is a restricted free agent. Um, so I don't know if maybe that would play a factor in it, but I, I just wanted to throw that out there, not to, well, not to cut you off, Joey. Sports Illustrated says unrestricted, so. We don't know sure. what happens these days. <laughs> I wish I was in that boardroom. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's get Luca's response on that. Yeah, um, I, I think ultimately Sir, uh, Chris Boucher uh, will be back. Uh, you look at the Raptors. There's so much uncertainty, not only with their backcourt but their frontcourt. I mean, they could have, uh, they could be in a position where they lose all three of these guys, and in, in Marcus Sell, Serge Ibaka, and Chris Boucher. But I think Chris Boucher will be a priority. Um, in terms of what the money could look like, I, I, to be honest, I, I don't really know. It, it's it's tough to tell. Like you look at, you know, the first contract he signed, it, it was a, a two year, two million dollar contract with the Raptors. Um, I could see the Raptors, you know, throw three to five million his way. Um, that might even be, you know, 
over generous considering that we haven't really seen so much of a sample size from this guy. Um, obviously, you know, he came in in a couple of games. He provided that lift, provided that spark. Uh, he was brilliant in some of those games. Don't get me wrong. But we still don't know how good Boucher can be. And he's actually one of those guys that is one of those, you know, unknowns that I would love to see him get more playing time, whatever happens after this offseason, going into next season. So you can see, you know, how 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 high of a ceiling uh, does this guy have and, you know, how good can he be? So I think the Raptors definitely should bring back Chris Boucher. Uh, he's earned it from what we've seen. He has been solid. And uh, I would definitely love to see that. Uh, of course, him being on the younger side, I think there would definitely be a place for Chris Boucher on this team, not necessarily as a starter, but definitely somebody that can come off the bench consistently. For sure, yeah. So, I mean, uh, sorry, just to stick on. Sorry to cut you off, Matt. Just to stick yeah. on the topic of uh, the front court. Um, looking at the free agent list, there's a lot of ways that the Raptors can go on this. Uh, there's a few attractive names who can be very affordable that, that I see. Um, wh- what route do you think they take to addressing the needs um, with their bigs in the in the front court? Yeah, um, I don't think they'll go the uh, Montrez Harrell road. I know that's another big rumor that was talked about. I just don't think they'll they'll pull the trigger on that. But uh, yeah, some cheaper, affordable options I can see the Raptors taking in terms of their front court. Uh, Aaron Baines. Uh, this is a guy that's solid. He could provide an instant boost for the Raptors. Uh, Myers Leonard, another guy. We saw him in his role with the Miami Heat uh, just a short season ago. Uh, Christian Wood more of a traditional power forward, but I, I think he's going to get a lot of attention. I mean, this is a guy that can end up being really, really good. Um, so there are guys that the Raptors can get uh, a front court piece that they can get that isn't necessarily, you know, going to be a big, sexy name, but it's still going to be a guy that can fit well with this Raptors system and a guy that, you know, will come in and, and do what he needs to do for Nick Nurse and company. Yeah. Another name that I see, Personally, if you want to put your thoughts on it, is um, Rodney Hood. I don't know. That's a that's a name that I think, especially on like a short-term deal, I think could provide a lift. I know he's a very good uh, defender too, and I think he'd he'd be a good fit on under Nick Nurse. Yeah, I mean, at the uh, you know you play him at the forward position or shooting guard position. There's going to be a lot of guys on the table. That's what makes this so fun. Like we can go back and forth for an hour here, just kind of going over the Raptors' options. At the end of the day, I'll say this. I trust Masai Ujiri and what you know he needs to do uh, in order to make this team better. I think we will see moves being made. Uh, nothing significant, but we will see kind of a reshuffling of the deck, if you will. And I can see the Raptors go out and get some of these guys on the lower end to bolster their team for next season. So I'm excited. We're going to find out very, very soon how this team's going to look in about a week uh, a week or so time. Oh, for yeah, sure, yeah. I'm, I definitely I'm trust Masai. Yeah, I'm genuinely curious just because, like, especially after, you know, the Raptors won the, the NBA championship in 2019, you, you look back at that that summer, like, they didn't really do a whole lot. Like, they got, like, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, which, like, was questionable, but then he turned out to be a pretty good role player with the team. Um, You know, they bring in Terrence Davis, who was another great story, but obviously, you know, unfortunately, that's not going the route of a happy ending. Um. But I think what it all comes down to, and like I know, like we've said that we have faith in the side. I have a really, I have really, really good confidence in this team's uh, scouting core, um, just because they, they seem to find like diamonds in the rough, and I think that's kind of the best thing that we can see with with like Masai and Bobby Webster and everybody in the the front offices. We're seeing 
you know, players that may not be like, like what Lucas said before, like they're not big, sexy, attractable names, but then under the current coaching regime and under the managerial regime, they kind of turn that into, okay, here's how we can use that person and play off of their strengths instead of, you know, kind of just saying, okay, we're just going to throw you into the fire and you're going to have big expectations. Like I like the systematic approach. Um, but I know big names are kind of what people are looking at. And another name, especially when you look at the center position with, uh, with Marcus all going back uh, and playing in Spain uh, with the risk of Ibaka maybe not coming back with maybe they don't look at Chris Boucher. Uh, one name that was brought up ever so slightly was Tristan Thompson. Mm-hmm. Is that a likely scenario or is that kind of just like woulda, shoulda, coulda, like in a perfect circumstance, I would love it, but will is it viable? Well, I believe it was Sean Devaney who had reported that, yeah, there's a couple of teams interested in Tristan Thompson, uh, Lakers and the Raptors. I mean, let's call it for what it is. It seems like the Lakers are interested in everybody at this point, and there's like so many rumors uh, uh, revolving around them, and the same could be said about the Raptors. I did do a video on this, kind of speculating, um, you know, what could happen there and if he would be a good fit for the Raptors. Listen, I, I think if push came to shove and the Raptors, let's just call it for what it is, they they lost Gasol and Ibaka and they wanted to replace their services with a reliable um, veteran big who has had an impressive track record. Tristan Thompson is that guy. I mean, he is limited offensively. That's the only downfall of his game. He's not going to, you know, knock down the outside shot with consistency. He's not going to stretch the floor, but defensively, he'll give you what you want. Rebounding wise, he'll give you what you want. Uh, he is limited in terms of like his rim protection, but overall I could see him being a good fit for this team. And especially under a defensive minded coach, like Dwayne Kate, uh, sorry, uh, Nick nurse, um, Tristan Thompson would be a solid get, but it's funny. Cause as, as soon as, you know, the report came out, Sean Devaney followed that up and said, you know, Tristan Thompson has gone on record as saying that he would like to finish his career with the Cavs. So, again, another rumor name to talk about. Will it happen? Highly unlikely. Um, If it did happen, I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to it. So speaking of things that may happen, uh, this broke uh, around uh, mid-evening to, you know, kind of the late hours of the night. Uh, of a report involving a former Raptor and the the current NBA champions in the LA Lakers, and I want to get your thoughts on this because I'm genuinely curious, and I know Luca, I know Joey, you're just as curious as I am with this. I don't know if you've like heard the specifics of the deal, but apparently there there's rumor coming out that uh, the Lakers are willing to part ways with another former Raptor. And Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma to the Spurs for DeMar DeRozan. Would it yeah, be weird yeah. seeing DeMar and LeBron on the same team? Well, there's there's two sides to it. Yeah, it would be a little weird and it would be a little, you know, of a full circle thing. Because, you know, a couple of short years ago, uh, DeMar DeRozan and the Raptors were getting their butts kicked by a LeBron James-led Cavaliers team. Um, but yeah, like I said, there's two sides to it. So number one, I think the Lakers will make a move of that caliber to bolster their team. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're already going to be considered 
you know, one of the best teams in the NBA, of course, being the defending champs, if they don't make any moves. But I still think just given the landscape of the NBA, especially in the West, the Warriors are going to be back. Clippers are going to be there. East got a little bit better. The Lakers will definitely want to upgrade. So DeMar DeRozan, I think, would actually be a really good fit for the Lakers because they could use another scoring guard who can create his own shot. Um, that was actually an area that they lacked in. So if you could get a guy like DeRozan, who's capable of being a 20-plus point scorer, you kind of take that burden off LeBron James um, and even Anthony Davis. I think that would work wonderfully for uh, for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, and then the other side to it is, yeah, would I like to see it? I, I would, because that would probably uh, entail that DeMar DeRozan would have a very good shot of winning an NBA championship. And I think every Raptors fan can agree DeMar DeRozan has given everything uh, to Toronto, has given everything to basketball. And, you know, he's one of those guys that deserves one day to, to win a championship or just be a part of a team that can compete for a championship. Obviously, things haven't gone his way with San Antonio and the Spurs don't look like they're going to contend for a championship anytime soon. And there were also reports that, yeah, DeRozan is unhappy right now in San Antonio. I know he kind of, you know, downplayed that and laughed about it, saying that it was just a rumor. But I think there's a hint of truth to that. So I think DeMar DeRozan would love the notion of go to the Lakers. I would like to see it. Raptors fans would like to see it. And I think it would make, uh, he would be a great fit for the Lakers. And they would just, you know, improve significantly. Yeah, I saw that. I, I, I remember... Like... <laughs> I remember there was that viral video. I believe it was a few weeks before um, the Raptors traded him to the Spurs. He was in L.A. Obviously, he's from there, from Comp. And some fan asked him, yo, sign with the Lakers. And he said, hell no. But it's uh, it's funny that, that now he, he uh, he's rumored to be there. Well, obviously, the Lakers are in a much, much different situation than they were a couple years ago. But um, I just find that funny. But also, you have to think about it. He's not signing with them. He's being traded to them. There's a difference. Yes, there is. They're not They're not the ones that signed the contract yet. I'm sure that if they were to repeat, DeMar would probably be, be back. Um, so, quick question about the draft. I don't know how, uh, how invested in the draft you've been, Luca, just because, like, you know, Raptors don't pick to like what 28th 29th like late in the first round um but we had this conversation the other night um with a couple other friends of ours uh do you see LaMelo Ball going first or do you think he drops yeah it's very interesting uh, I mean at one point too I had Rashad Phillips on my show he made a case that the Raptors were actually interested in trading up to try to get LaMelo Ball I don't think that's going to happen uh, it, it's it's very much an unknown. I mean, there's going to be such a res, uh, reshuffling between those three guys. Um, I think ultimately, though, Anthony Edwards will go number one. And uh, then it becomes interesting. I mean, could we see LaMelo Ball, you know, going to the Warriors? I think end of day, LaMelo Ball doesn't draw past the third pick. I think in the top three, LaMelo Ball will get drafted. And he is one of the most intriguing, intriguing draft prospects because you don't know what you're going to get from the guy but the one thing going for him is he didn't go the conventional college route he started playing against grown men so that as we've seen can significantly enhance your game I mean just look at a guy like Luka Doncic that has done wonders so the fact that LaMelo Ball has been playing very competitively against these you know adults 
I think that will translate into him having a solid NBA career. I think ultimately he will be the best ball brother. And uh, I mean, Rashad Phillips was really, was really high on him. And uh, if you go based on the eye test, there's a lot to like about his game. But of course, he does have a lot of growing up to do. And he does have flaws that he's got to obviously work on. Joey, do you want to say your theory about if uh, LaMelo falls and, and you know the Hornets may pick him? About what, you, about, what you, about, about what you said last night, just because MJ's running the the Hornets. Oh, oh yeah, he falls to the Hornets. Uh, MJ will definitely be keeping uh, LeVar in check. <laughs> that would be an interesting situation <laughs> yeah, with, that would uh, be. with the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, he could. He could. Like, like I said, I mean, Anthony Edwards has been, you know, rumored to go number one. And then if you look at the Warriors... I mean, Wiseman does fit better just because he is a center and the Warriors need a center and LaMelo Ball is a point guard and obviously they got Steph Curry and even Klay Thompson as a ball handler. So he, he could fall to the Hornets and that could kind of be their, their guy for the future. Yeah, for yeah, sure. It would be. Um, speaking of the Warriors, there's a, been a lot of chatter about them trading that pick. Do you think there's you think that's going to happen? And uh, just because, just like, that would be an embarrassment of riches for them if they just get, like, another a potential superstar top three. I mean, if I were the Warriors, I would seriously consider it and be shopping actively because you can pair that pick with an Andrew Wiggins, and I'm sure you could get a solid return. But I, I think they, they will draft their guy here. Uh, like I said, I think they go James Wiseman or... They go LaMelo Ball, and you you have yet another guard. I mean, they had the, the three-guard system uh, last season. Obviously, they, they traded D'Angelo Russell, but uh, I, I would not be shocked if they go LaMelo Ball uh, or Wiseman, and I'd be very shocked if Anthony Edwards goes number two and goes to them because, obviously, if he's on the board, I think the Warriors go with them. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think they'll trade uh, the pick, but, I mean, it would make sense, wouldn't it? Because you look at kind of, you know, this draft, it's it's there's not like a, a guy that's a can't-miss candidate. And the Warriors obviously are, are very, very loaded already. And they're in win-now mode already. It, it, it could make sense. Yeah, they try to package that and get yet another, you know, veteran all-star player in return. But I, I just, it, it just looks, I, I didn't see a good enough return for the Warriors to make that deal. I mean, there was obviously, you know, like, the Giannis rumors, but again, like how many teams have been linked to Giannis, but I don't think that's going to happen. So yeah, I think Warriors keep that pick. For sure. Yeah. Um, now we don't want to keep you too long, uh, but just one quick question that we, we have, uh, especially with, uh, with the Raptors possibly without a home in 2021 um, with the season starting, well, end of 2020, early 2021, uh, the reports that the Raptors are going to be playing in the Florida area, primarily Tampa Bay, um, do you think that that could maybe, you know, play a factor in how the team plays just because, you know, they're not going to be used to, you know, they may not be used to the arena. Um, they may have different uh, landscapes put out, uh, especially if there's uh, limited fans. There probably won't be anybody courtside um, due to the pandemic. Um, do you just think that the, the feeling of them not being at home, do you think that might play a factor in uh, in their upcoming season? Yeah, Will. Uh, you look at the Raptors, they got, in my opinion, one of the best home courts in all of basketball. And, and I think that hurt them. I don't want to make excuses, but I, I did think that hurt them 
in that in that playoff series against the Celtics. Because if that Game 7 was played in Toronto, there's like an 85% chance the Raptors come out on top, especially considering how close that game was. So it will be a major adjustment. You know, they get, at the end of the day, these guys are professionals. Uh, you know, these guys obviously know the current state of the world. These guys know that, uh, you know, what's going on, the situation of it all. I think they will adjust just like how they adjusted in the bubble. Uh, they played very, very well, better than I thought, better than what many people thought, because I did think home court advantage was going to uh, very much derail them. Um, but overall, they obviously played really, really well. So I, I think the Raptors will respond. And uh, it will look different. It will feel different. But the support is still going to be, you know, unprecedented from this fan base. And uh, it does it is going to suck a little bit for the fans that obviously, you know, wanted to, to go to the games. But even, you know, with that being said, there's going to be limited fans in attendance. So what can I say, guys? I, I just can't wait until like this whole, you know, pandemic era is over and, and we just get no normality again where we are back at Scotiabank Arena with you know thousands and thousands of Raptors fans and and Leafs fans yeah I was just about to ask uh post pandemic what do you think will be the first event you attend do you think it will be a Raptors game or do you think maybe maybe a TFC game at BMO or maybe a concert like what's like the one thing that like once this pandemic is over hopefully by mid 2021 we can start to do things again What's the one thing that's on your bucket list that you need, like, I need to do this after not being able to do it for, like, you know, nine, eight, nine months? Probably more. Yeah, pro- probably a Raptors game. And uh, even beyond the game itself of being inside, I mean, even, like, Jurassic Park, uh, I really miss that component, especially during the playoffs. That was always one of the funnest times being a fan. Um, and not only a fan, as a content creator. Like, I made so many great videos with fellow Raptors fans and even Leafs fans. Uh, you know, closer towards the playoffs with, uh, you know, just rich content of, of interviewing fans, you know, getting that that crowd, that sea of people outside Scotiabank. I mean, let's call it for what it is. I, I know there's going to maybe people will say uh, I'm a bit biased saying this, but I'm sure you guys can attest to it. Like Toronto fans are some of the best fans in the world. Like these guys get out for the Raptors and Maple Leafs and, and even Toronto FC. So I think in in general, yeah, the Raptors will be on my bucket list, but I just want to see like sports fans at their peak again you know watching their favorite team and just seeing massive massive crowds of fans roaming the streets that's yeah, what i want to see again very soon yeah <laughs> one, I, one thing i, I always that. uh one thing i always think about is uh imagine that og and Obi shot in, in the game oh, three yeah. against boston if there was if there was fans there or if there was fans for um the leafs uh the the unspeakable team <laughs> oh yeah the, their the, comeback the, against columbus in game four just like just oper- just like yeah. moments like that just feel yeah. like a little tainted yeah it would have been surreal with fans yeah especially that yeah that leaves comeback for sure and then uh yeah that og and an ob shot i mean man that would have been crazy yeah what well, well, could have been in in 2020 uh this year's just i i think we all just wanted to be a write-off we're almost near the end of 2020 but hopefully 2021 we can at least uh, in North America standards and even overseas, like, you know, like with the Euro coming up uh, next summer, uh, the Olympics that were supposed to happen this summer now being pushed back to 2021. I'm hoping that summer 2021 is is going to be a banger. That That's my one hope. And I'm, I'm sure we all both of us can agree or all three of us can agree. Yeah, let's hope, man. Let's 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 hope that happens. And this thing's all over. Yeah. So uh, so thank you for coming on. Thanks for, you know, 
doing some some basketball talk with us. We got a lot of insight, a lot of information. Uh, if you guys want to follow Luca, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at uh, Luca Rosano three. Uh, you can follow or you can subscribe to him on YouTube at the same name. Uh, Instagram at Luca Rosano, TikTok at Luca dot Rosano. Uh, basically everything. I'm pretty sure I got. Anything else you want to say before we uh, we let, we let you go here? Uh, you covered everything, and uh, yeah, thanks again, boys. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate it, and uh, stay safe out there. Yeah, same to you, man. Take it easy. Take care. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Alrighty. So, uh, special thanks to Luca for coming on once again and uh, shooting the shit with us about basketball. Uh, it's gonna be hopefully a crazy off season. I feel like basketball's off season is one of the only off-seasons in pro sports that doesn't uh, really disappoint because you got MLB free agency over the last few years, except for the last one that really sucked. But basketball, usually you know what people sign like the first day, and if not, maybe like by the end of the week. Yeah, uh, that's why That's why like last off-season Kawhi Leonard was so weird because he waited like five days or something, something like that, right? It's it's weird because like from the from the agent perspective and from the from the player perspective you want to take all the time that you want but then in the fan perspective you're just like yo like make with the signing I'm bored I don't want to sit through my my lecture or whatnot like let's mm-hmm. just let's just get it done that was me counting um, uh, counting down the hours until uh, NHL off season this year because I was expecting the Leafs to do a lot which which they did dude they did a, a whole week. Like, it literally was, like, they started with Wayne Simmons, then they went quiet for, like, three or four hours, then TJ Brody, then they went quiet again. The one that surprised me was was just Zach Bogosian. Yeah, that was a weird one. I kind of was, like, because everyone was, like, oh, what if they sign him after Buffalo let him go? And everyone was, like, no, uh-uh, absolutely yeah, Jimmy, not. And then he, Jimmy VC too, was another weird one. Yeah. I'm wondering if like his dad just went to him and he's just like Jimmy, like you wanna, you wanna come home and he's just like, oh yeah, his dad okay. works for the Leafs. Always forget about that. Yeah, actually no, he's not. He's not a, a Toronto kid. What am I saying? He's from Boston. No, but his dad worked in. Worked yeah, his dad's a, his dad's a scout still yeah. with the Leafs. So that's uh, that's an incentive right there. Um, but it's, it's nepotism. A, indeed, it is. Um. I mean, like, looking at all the free agency, like, baseball free agency doesn't start officially until about uh, probably the second week of uh, December, notoriously, I think. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but I'm most likely right. But then again, knowing Major League Baseball, they're going to be like, okay, like, we're going to go ahead. And just open it up now. I don't even know exactly when MLB free agency starts because nobody does anything for like the first like two three weeks. Yeah, except for that's that's why like last week was kind of like the anomaly because in years past it was okay we're gonna go and uh, you know we're gonna sign right away we're gonna sign for top dollar and then it's gonna be great. And then everyone finally got smart, and they were just like, oh, like, I kind of want to wait and see what I can get on the market. 
And then everyone's like, what? What do you mean you want to wait? Waiting isn't op- isn't an option. What are you doing? And then now, like, we got spoiled last season. Like, I just know this offseason, especially with the COVID implications, They're ba- I think they're banking on having a season with, like, basically fans galore. Like, because, you know, ideally, if this vaccine is available by April, then, you know, by June, July, we should know how well it is. And then you should have, you know, people going out and, you know, basically living normally. Whoa, you're getting mic issues right now. Am I actually? Oh, well, you did for a second, unless it was just on my end. I think I it was on. I like, think it was on your end because I, I well, sound. I like to think I sound no, fine. because you sounded bad for like a sentence, and then I called you out on it, and then you sounded fine again. All right, so you just scared my mic back into working. Yes, um, I did. But yeah, just to kind of reiterate, in case people didn't know, like they're banking on having fans like late summer, and they're hoping like the vaccine will allow to that. But like, I don't know what Major League Baseball is gonna do. And also, like, do you honestly? I mean, the I mean, they're, they're like, the only team to have a bubble but allow fans in it, which defeats the entire purpose of a bubble. Of, of a bubble, so you know, nothing's off the table for them. They, they, they set themselves up to do whatever the hell they want. I think we can agree that, like, okay, the NBA and the NHL got a pass, and they did really well with their bubble because they could just say their season's over. And the fact that they had no positive tests while they were in the bubble was a testament to how good it was just because you know in the end you got everybody in you got everybody out and not one player not one coach not one managerial or not our front office staff not one healthcare worker which is really impressive uh tested positive which really mm-hmm. just goes to show you how effective bubbles are but only in the short term because you know it's hard taking you know what thousands and thousands of, of pro athletes away from their families and like sticking them in a hotel and then paying for all their amenities and all that stuff like it's just not yeah. realistically viable um but again there's always going to be some uh some complications with that uh, i think in reality especially like when you look at the nhl like they're in a lot of trouble. Like like the NBA, at least they have they're gonna roll with the punches, and I think they have enough uh, TV revenue to the point where they can roll with the punches and can, you know, enforce uh, mm-hmm. mask wearing and social distancing. Hockey, you can't win because you know people are gonna have that mentality of like, oh well, if hockey is in, you know, if hockey's in town, I want to go see it. And with obviously with lower temperatures, it's going to be really, really hard to get fans back in. And like we were talking See, before. I don't want to like be stereotypical or anything, but just based on how the two countries have handled it, and I'd expect like like baseball to be worse, especially with the way that the league handled it this year. And like it was not a good plan. So I, I, I would disagree with you there. I mean, it's one of those things where, like we were talking about it before with, like, uh, like we could go round and round about how each friggin' country decided to go about their, you know, COVID response yeah. because 
as many Canadians can know right now, it is pretty dumb how people are handling it. Not to mm-hmm. be a dick, but like, oh, come people on. are being dumb on both sides of the border. But... Oh, absolutely. Mhm. So, but... uh, I don't know. <laughs> um. So, I don't know. Shifting to baseball. Yeah. So apparently, it's not really much hockey stuff to talk about. Apparently, oh, there's a and actually of... there is before we move on. Oh. Um. What do you think of, uh, looks like the Leafs are going to have a third jersey. Uh, sure. Why not? I don't know. Like, I know. I'm, I'm a big, I don't know about you, but I, I'm a big jersey guy. I'm a, I collect them and also, that's exciting news for me. The only thing I'm, how would you feel about a Leafs jersey that has any other color that isn't blue and white on it? Uh, naked, because those are the only two colors that I really could see happen. Well, because there's a rumor that the new Leafs jersey is going to have gray on it as well. Oh, that's what people are saying on the Twitter sphere. But where would you put gray? Like, maybe on, like, the trim? It's going to be, like, on, like, the... I don't know exactly, to be honest. But, yeah, that's that's what I've heard. I mean... I don't know. It's hard to, like, it's hard to, like, you know, say that jerseys are bad when they're really just, uh, you know, they're really just, you know, experiments, I think, just because of how things are. Like, it reminds Mm -hmm. me of, you know, like the Stars, um, the Stars jersey that they just did, the, the neon one. Oh yeah, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. It's like one of the it's trial and error, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and and that's the one thing that I think we need to like take with a grain of salt is like it's either going to be really really cool and look really nice or it's going to be shit. And I think We're like gonna you, you look feeling... at a team you, I mean, you look at Dallas too, like did you not see the Winter Classic jerseys? Oh, those were really nice. Those were really well done. Really, you like the the whole D star? Yeah, I like that. It's better than the neon that they have. That's awful. It looks like you just went to Laser Quest. Like it's really, <laughs> like it's just it's really weird. Um, but for right. baseball, going on top of that, do you see, like, do you see the Jays playing in uh? In Rogers Center, come uh, you know April or, or May, really at all? Um, I well, the thing is, is what's gonna have to happen is Canada and the U.S. are gonna have to, or Canada is gonna have to open up its border to the U.S. because it's currently closed, and it might be closed for another couple months at least, just because of the spike in cases, especially in Ontario. Yeah, and, like, I think what it really comes down to it is, like, they're, I think what what it really is coming down to is the government just wants the vaccine in their possession, and because of the news that we have, you know, once you, you have it and then you distribute it accordingly, like, it should be okay and it should be better, um... 
But again, like that that's wishful thinking, right? Because like Ontario alone has like 14 million people that you're going to have to, you know, convince 75% of that to, you know, take the vaccine, mm-hmm. which I don't know what the percentage in Ontario wants it cuz like you know, 75% is like what, 12 like 11 or 12 million? Uh, uh don't ask me anything to do with numbers. I mean, you'll, you'll be the math guy on this on this show. That's that's giving me a lot of faith. Uh I'd say about yeah, it looks like it's about 11 million. About 10 11 million would have to go and take the vaccine willingly to really, you know, see a result. Um but I don't really know how it's going to work, especially – I like that – you saw the Ticketmaster plan, right, what they want to do with uh... – I didn't, actually. Okay, so I can I can say it then. Yeah. Um, so uh, Ticketmaster put in a rule for 2021 where basically people um, – if people go out and attend events – uh, they either have to a test negative for COVID up to three days before attending the event, so within a three-day window, or you need to have proof of getting the vaccine, which I would say is when you start maybe like you know like this is kind of my theory. I don't know if you're gonna agree with it, especially for like the older demographic, like because you know if a young person gets it, and I hate to be. Excuse me, I just had a weird... I sounded robotic in my own voice, not through my <laughs> mic. But uh, if a older person, older demographic gets the vaccine, like the younger demographics, you could just say like, okay, what's your contact info, like your email or whatever, and then they'll just send a verification code to that email saying like, hey, you got this vaccine on X day mm-hmm. and have proof of that. They should do that as well for people, especially if you want fans in attendance. You need. Well, here's to have, the thing: like, do you also need proof of a negative test if you haven't yet received yeah. the vaccine? Yeah. So basically, it's if you. So you're gonna uh, need a ticket and your proof of being COVID-free, basically. I'm wondering if maybe like, especially because people buy their tickets digitally. I'm wondering if it's like in order to process your ticket. You, and but but also, you can buy tickets up to months before, though, right? Yeah, and, and I think they need to – I'm wondering if there's going to be a thing in place where if you do test positive, God forbid, then you uh, you know, you know, could go out and be like, okay, you know, if we test positive, then you could get a refund for that. You know, like that's kind of the, the issue. Or, or maybe is it like – I don't know, they can do it like a reserve thing, like it's your ticket, like, tentatively, and then if you don't... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And then, like, if if you don't have the proper paperwork, or you test positive, or all of this and that, so you do all of that, and then, like, there's a limit before you you go to the event where you have to prove that, and if you can't prove that, then it goes into, like, a pool with other people can, can buy right and that's what i'm thinking could happen and like i'm i'm hoping and i'm wondering like uh you know once people start to like receive it especially like the the vulnerable 
demographics and we kind of can start seeing things open again but like it's Mm -hmm. still it's still wishful thinking as of right now and like especially with with sports fans the one thing again luca mentioned this before i miss jurassic park and maple leaf square man like i only went to i only went to it once and it was for game seven two years ago now um but it was it was even though it was like pissing rain and it was like kind of cold it was fun like and obviously that i didn't get the we didn't get the results that we would have liked because you know boston yeah and oh, leave boston. It that. yeah honest. oh i mean like the state the state of massachusetts probably very nice although a lot of people are probably dickheads there let's be real and they can is, is it, is they it can attest to this. question for for anybody to answer is it possible to be a bruins fan yet also a good person I don't know. I mean, Pete Blackburn's not horrible. <laughs> I wouldn't say Pete Blackburn's a horrible dude. I haven't, like, had an interaction with him. You had a little interaction with him on Twitter, I believe. I've had a few. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, I don't, I'd like to assume he's a nice guy. But again. Yeah. I mean, he, he was hilarious when he was on the, on the Steve Dangle podcast after the Leafs last got eliminated by Boston. Yeah. And oh, then it's just you like. You heard that episode and, like, and, like. Steve didn't know he was going on, and then all of a sudden Adam's just like, "Hey, we got a guest for you. Just here. How filled is your diaper?" Ha ha ha. And then all of a sudden Steve's just like, "I'm leaving." Okay. There's we a lot talk of about really, them a lot on here, but they're they're good fellers. Uh, I don't know if you saw the recent one of uh, it was an old clip of Steve telling Jesse that he got uh, a bunch of people. Uh, friggin' lighting Roman candles and shooting oh, them at yeah, him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was no, the best awesome. one is the is the kayak. Oh, yeah. He, but you really, you really didn't buy a kayak. You bought a kayak as a gift for your friend that you use every once in a while. <laughs> that's the best, that's the best reasoning and the best story oh, I man. think I've ever heard about, like, impulse shopping. It's like, you know, you always go to a store and you're just like, oh, let me buy, you know, let me buy this. Or, like, you always do, like, those Dollarama Walmart runs of, like, you know, I don't need this, but, like, it'd be nice to have. Like, what's, the, what's, with... the, what's your most expensive impulse buy? Uh, I don't know. Like, off the top of my head, I honestly don't know. It was going to be the PS5, but then, you know, one is... Uh, you can't get it anywhere right now because it's sold out everywhere. Uh, and also, I, I don't know how my parents would react if I just slipped, fell, and, you know, shilled 650 bucks because I would want the disc one and not – well, probably – no, more than 650 bucks because I'd buy the console and then I'd have to friggin' go out and buy – games to go with that's, the console that's where they get you you gotta get games for it too well i will give sony credit like the first game that is being released with the console is like 65 dollars. so i'm wondering and i'm hoping that the price and console they make up for in the market and games and the price going down but that's wishful thinking but my favorite uh tweet in regards to especially the PS4 or the PS5 uh, launch thing, was they, they showed uh, 2K, 
and they showed the new 2K graphics, and everyone was just like, NBA 2K20, now with more enhanced sweat. And I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, that's basically what every 2K game is. It's literally just updated rosters, uh, you know, and then you have updated graphics. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the reasons why. Well, actually, okay, let's 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 throw this out. I, I know you you're old and haven't played a a console in uh, in a while. What is the best sport franchise that's out there currently with installments, and what is the worst? The worst in terms of like like are we talking about like gameplay or like bugs? The worst or, in terms of like you know the worst in terms of like you know uh, lack of creativity, stale gameplay. There's not a lot of uh, oh, for, improvements. For that, here. I'd have to say NHL. I feel like it's uh, yeah EA Sports is uh, like ugly stepchild. Like, oh, yeah, fine, like, we'll make another NHL. And what's funny is that they literally signed a contract extend like the league actually signed like a partnership like extension with uh with them and i'm just like seriously like why i haven't bought an nhl game since nhl 14 you know i bought have nhl 15 nhl 15 sucked but yeah it was bad i got i I got my first one that i actually had in my possession was 16 because that was the game that i got with my ps4 and like of course as a kid you're like well not a kid i was 16 but, like, I was like, wow, this is my first NHL game. Like, this is really cool. Uh, and then I got 17. Like, 17 was okay. 18 was fun because it introduced threes. 19 was kind of eh. 20 was eh. 21, I don't know how I feel about it. Well, anyways. But, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, also, yeah, NHL 14. It's funny because that was the one that, like, I played, like, so much with my friends and stuff on the PlayStation 3. And everyone says, like, yeah, that was, like, the last NHL game that was actually worth that was actually worth buying. Well, that was the one with GM Connected mode, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, why can't you bring that? Like, one thing that I, I saw a lot of people saying was, like, okay, Be a Pro is improved this year. Um, like, HUT is still basically the same, even though they have, like, a new mode that, like, helps with your HUT progression. But I like, was really good in in 14 too, from what I remember, and then 15 it just sucked. They just changed, they just like made it worse. I will say 15 was the worst, just because they literally they were so lazy with handling, uh, you know how. And it was the first one with the next with the well, I guess the previous gen, the previous gen like release too, which is surprising that it was like very poorly done. Yeah, and like it's. It's one of those things where you need to you need to improve and like obviously in games uh, in like future games they obviously improved in like you know differentiating each player but like there's still a lot of like well, really... well I think what the issue is with sports video games and not to cut you off but I think what the issue is is that there's no competition if you want to play a football game. You got no other choice than to buy Madden and its buggy game that has glitches all over the place. You want to play NHL, you have no other alternative. So you have to buy NHL. That's why FIFA is like the most popular game. Not only is it, well, soccer is the most popular sport, but they compete with uh, Pro Evolution Soccer. So that yeah. makes, so like, like, you know what I mean? Like, if there was like another, like, if Ubisoft. I don't know, 
I'm just I'm just naming a random company decided to get to make NHL games too. Don't you think that would put some fire under EA's ass to actually put out a quality product? I think what it is, yeah, there's no competition. Like back in the early 2000s, it was it was EA's game and then 2K yeah. had the game, and like you would have both of them compete. But there's no like okay with baseball, there's like RBA baseball. And then there's the show. But the show is great, though. The show is fantastic. Oh, the show's fantastic. And what's really funny is that now the show is going to be on multi-consoles starting next year. So it's going to be on, like, the, you know, the Xbox X, uh, the Switch, which is going to be hilarious because mm-hmm. I feel like Nintendo consoles can't run games that aren't Nintendo games. A lot of them are very yeah, watered down. Yeah, one of my little cousins has a Switch, and he got NBA 2K for it, and I was just like, no. Yeah, I can't. I can't play it on there. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, I was talking with my friend, and I was like, uh, you know, should I go out and blow money on a PS5, or should I just get a Switch? And they were like, just get a PS5. And, like, I looked at the price. Like, if you go on Amazon right now, the cheapest I saw... Like shipping it or whatever was like almost two grand, and I'm just like Bleh. for that wait for the PlayStation Five. Yeah, Jesus. for the actual console console itself. It's because what it is is they friggin' uh, they uh, they take it and then or they they buy it and then they they just resell it and then they jack the price up tenfold just to be like. Oh, by the way, um, you know. Have you seen the resale prices on eBay? No, I kind of want to check right now. Hold on. Oh no, I'm I'm. Is it in it's, like the uh, five digits almost? Uh, it's it's eBay. it's high, higher up in the in the digital, four digits than digital what you one. Think. So for the digital one in U.S., it's about uh just shy of twelve hundred. Which means it's almost like sixteen hundred in Canadian. Holy shit! And that's just the digital one. Oh my god! What's the disc version? I'm so curious. Oh, basically the same. The PS5 at least comes with a game, no? Like they'll have. In. No, it doesn't. I thought there was. Uh, there was. Oh, one. like the playroom? Yeah, the playroom's built in. But like, I don't know. It's like one of those things where it's like. You might as well just wait for a bundle to to come out. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to do. Wait for, like, the NHL bundle or, like, a Madden bundle or something. I'm probably, like, thinking about, uh, like, thinking about the bundles. If they make a Spider-Man one, I'm definitely going to buy it. Well, I had the Spider-Man game on PS3. That game was elite. There was just, which Spider-Man game on PS3? The like Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man. Like, Okay, as long as it was the first Amazing Spider-Man. Dude, if yeah, you play it was, Spider-Man, it was the first one. if you play the Insomniac Spider-Man, dude, you're going to love it. Honestly, God, like, I, have, I haven't played the new uh, the new Miles Morales one. I want to, though. Oh, I, I want think- it so badly, mainly just because, like, like this, is, this might be a hot take to some people. It isn't for me, but the last, uh, the animated Spider-Man, the Into the Spider-Verse, easily the best Spider-Man movie. Oh, that's not a hot take. That's that's a normal take. That's, Is it? Okay, I'm if, not sure. I, if I were, I know like we went from sports to like video games to superheroes. But, like I'd probably go, out of all the Spider-Man movies, I'd probably go into the Spider-Verse one, 
Spider-Man 2 still is still is a classic. That's probably number two. Uh, then it would go Homecoming. Yeah, then home, then Homecoming, then Far From Home, then uh, the original, uh, the original uh, Spider-Man, yeah, the Tobey Maguire one. Spider-Man three after that, I'd put. Yeah, and, and then you have the Garfield Spider-Man. The Garfield like, ones were well. The first one wasn't terrible. The, the first one, one was okay. Yeah, the second one was yeah. For, second one was complete shit. I I did not like it at all. The only but good like, thing about that was Jamie Foxx. I think he played a good good job in the like in as, the as, elect- uh, as electro yeah, yeah. I his name for a second, but yeah apparently that, he's gonna be, apparently like if there's so many rumors with like the next spider-man movie that's coming out because they're saying like it's gonna be a spider-verse movie with toby Maguire and andrew well, that would be so good though uh they said jamie fox is gonna be in it again oh my god uh, I can't there was another rumor that i can't remember involving spider-man i can't remember it was, it was something was gonna be involved in the movie Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, yes, back we to got really, we got really, uh, we did get really sidetracked from jerseys to COVID vaccine to video games to Spider Man. I mean, in 2020, is it really bad? <laughs> no, it's not. I'm just, I'm just trying to get us back on track. So, uh, you want, you want to talk some baseball? Yeah, well, we'll touch on some baseball quick because, like, we're, we're kind of, we're about an hour, so I figured might as well just end with baseball. Um, apparently the Jays have a deal on the table that is not officially uh it's not it well i don't want to say not officially official uh but it's it's they're not saying who it is so it's probably a nobody but i don't know i i have a funny feeling that this team is going to go out and sign a top player it's no secret that that's what they want to do again, as they did last offseason. Atkins has been on record saying that they want to make a splash this season, and they're they feel like they're in the right spot right now with the the course that the that the team is on for them to be spending money. Also, can I just say, looking at their their starting pitching, like on paper, it looks very mixed because you got like Ryu, okay, Ray, okay, Pearson, okay, Stripling, no, Rourke, God, no. Like mm-hmm. I, I would be very if much they okay can, if they can even just bring back um, Taiwan TJ Walker. Walker, Taiwan Walker. If they can just bring him back and do nothing else to that rotation, I'd be, I'd be happy with that. That's a pretty solid rotation. Yeah, exactly. But if they can add, imagine if they can bring in a Walker and an older Rizzi. Plus, oh, for sure. Also, like improve the outfield or, or third base, which are the two areas of question. But even then, if they don't do anything to the outfield and just improve on third base, even then I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, they're playing with house money. Exactly. And they had little Let's try again next offseason because the exactly. team is so super, super young and it doesn't matter. But now they realize, like, okay, we made the playoffs. Now some people are going to, like, eyes are going to be on us next season. And like mm-hmm. the A- the AL East, despite the fact that like, you know, there's the two like the two bottom teams with the right moves could could come back to bite you. So you gotta strike while the iron's hot. Because I mean like, I don't I'm not too afraid of the Orioles, but like I like Ryan Mountcastle. Also with like, the with the Yankees looking like not the world beaters that 
they thought that they would be. That's a good opportunity for the Blue Jays to come in and strike. Because and then after that, like I think I think their biggest competition, obviously the Rays. Call me crazy, but I think this team is better built than the Yankees. It is because it's it's younger. It's you know there's more control with the roster, and like with the Yankees again, they just don't have a starting pitcher as good as Garrett Cole. But I mean they have Luis Severino. It's it's almost I I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that the rotation is bad either. Well, they have Severino, right? So like they do have another pitcher that they could build off of. And like yeah. Debbie Gar- Debbie Garcia looks okay, um, you know they have uh, Domingo Yerman who I don't know what's happening with him. Uh, their bullpen is not as rock solid as we expected, and they're probably going to be losing their biggest offensive weapon. And I'm not upset about it because uh, yeah, you could you could see yourself out, sir. I don't know how I'd feel about that. I I would much if the I Jays would, are gonna spend, I would, I would rather them spend. And I'd rather I'd rather them spend it on pitching, to be yeah. honest. Just because if they make like one signing, I want it to be like a starter. Exactly, and like there's there's a plethora of starters. Like there's Odorizzi, there's uh, Bauer, obviously Walker's on the market. Um, I mean, I, I I expect Walker to be back. I just want to see I said it on the last two previous shows that it's like a known it's a known fact that there's mutual interest and and there's also the Tigers who want him, which is very scary because like the, if the Tigers get him, that's a good add to their rotation. Yeah. So if I were to look at pitchers, I'm just looking at Sportrack for a little bit. Son of a bitch, why? What do you mean it's not working? Piss off. No, why? Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, so, like, pitchers that are going to be on the market, like... Okay, Strollman's going back, so he doesn't count anymore. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka and James uh, Paxton are both available. I wouldn't... Uh, they've, 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 been, they've struggled. I'd rather the Blue Jays get like, maybe, like, an Odorizzi. Odorizzi is a big name that's going to be up there. Uh, Andrelton Simmons. I don't know. What do you think? Like, like I said, if you if they're going to get another infielder, that gives them a lot of opportunity to shuffle around and maybe move Biggio into the outfield, which would make Grichuk expendable, or or you can move him to third. There's just a lot of options with this team, which is what's which is good because it doesn't limit them to who or what they can do in the offseason. Mm. I have another name that maybe the Jays look at as like a nice low buy candidate. What about Mike Miner? Cuz like I know he was kind of bad last year and he Everyone wasn't like kind of was bad, especially if you're on the the Texas Rangers who are Mm-hmm. actual horse bleep. Um, but, I mean, Miner's kind of like a guy that I look at and I'm like, you know, he's a lefty, he's only 32, he probably won't make as much as he did when he was with the ty- uh, the Rangers again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was an all-star a couple years ago. Um, you know, he really was one of the better pitchers in baseball for the last few years the only problem is that he was on the rangers and the rangers were bad 
Um, but like, there's still a lot of names like like Julio Te- uh, Tehran with the Angels. I could see him being a nice bounce back candidate. Mike Fulton Newick, yeah. Mike Fulton Newick with the uh, the uh, the Braves. Interesting name there. Mm-hmm. Jose Quintana with the uh, who was with the Cubs. Another again, another lefty. There's a lot of lefties that are going to be on the market. Yeah. Uh, Drew, Drew Smiley is one. Chris Archer. What if the Jays got Chris Archer? Drew Smiley. I would not mind that. I would not mind Chris Archer either. Chris Archer would be cool, actually. I I I really like him. Yeah. I mean, like, how funny would it be if we got like two former Rays who killed us in like the mid 2000s back? It's like ha ha. It's like um. They win the more the morale battle. Ooh, I have an option. I, this is this is a stupid option. But why not King Felix? I would want. King I don't think Fe- he'll be too expensive. Exactly, he's a nice buy low candidate. And like, Especially if you can get him as like a fifth starter, who cares? Yeah. Uh, who else is a- Matt Harvey? No, I think I think the ship has shit sailed on him. <laughs> the ship has shit on him. It no, has literally I, taken a big dump. The on ship his has chest. sailed on him. <laughs> that is fair. Uh, I'm trying to think, like see who else. Uh, Alex Wood, I would really like. I was kind of like batting the. I was kind of like hitting the, the drum to bring him back, but then they got Ryu, and I was like, okay, fine, you can go wherever. Uh, Corey Kluber. <laughs> that would be funny if we got Corey Kluber. Or Mike Fires, the whistleblower. <laughs> um, uh, only, only if he keeps that facial hair. What, Mike? Uh, Mike Fires? Or... Yeah. Okay, I'm the, down with the that. The swirl one that he had. Oh. Yeah. If just, only he, just... if he keeps that, he can come to the Jays. Him and Matthews being mustache buddies. Yes. Oh, I can see the the November promotions already for next season. <laughs> That's I honestly is gonna be uh it's gonna be very interesting. I'm looking at relievers too. There are a couple good ones that I'd like, especially like if we were to add another setup man or a closer. You know, I didn't, like, I didn't hate the even without Giles and him being out all season. I did not hate the Blue Jays rotation at all this like this past season. Well, there, and a there's a guys. lot, and there's a lot of names that won't really cost too much. Like Shane Green's values like seven mil. That's not too much. Yeah. Uh. Uh, Kirby Yates is only like less than 10 uh, I like you know like there's a couple other ones like Trinan we still have uh, Anthony Bass for next year I don't know I think we, yeah uh, no he is a free agent apparently I tried um, to bring him back I really liked how he played Greg Holland would be a good one because of how he pitched last year he was gross last year uh, who yeah. else is Aaron Loop is a free agent god no uh, Derek Law, who I forgot about, a guy who was okay but just got beat up a little bit in the in the rotation. He's a guy that I got in uh, Tap Sports uh, Baseball for my phone. He was one of my best relievers. Uh, Jeremy Jeffress, maybe. Uh, there really isn't Sean Gill Martin. That one's kind of funny. And I, I don't know if you know how funny that is, because guess who his uh, his wife is? Who? White House Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany. Oh, no. So he's never getting a job again. Oh, God, yeah. Stay, stay, keep him away from here, please. 
Oh, he won't come here, I don't think. In the he probably doesn't think Canada's real. That's his wife. I mean like they did you see what's his face's uh, pronunciation of uh, Ottawa? Ottawa? Oh, uh, was it T- Tucker Carlson? What a what a goof. It, it's Cucker Carlson. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I like that. Yeah, exactly. It's the Cuck man. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty wild. Speaking of Ubisoft, why are they trending on Twitter? I kind of want to know why. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's happening. Oh shit! There's a hostage situation at Ubisoft in Montreal. Holy shit! Oh shit! That's pretty brutal. Wow. Someone really wants a PlayStation. Yo, that's messed. That's really messed up, man. Especially because like Ubisoft Montreal is like one of the the better companies in the in the gaming in and like the gaming sphere. Or no, yeah, yeah, Ubisoft Montreal and Warner Brothers Montreal are very good. I don't know. It's it's really really messed. The world's messed up, but mm-hmm. you can still. You can still have fun stuff like, ooh, I have an idea of what we can do maybe with listeners and engagement. What is that? What if y'all want to play Among Us with us? We could do some Among Us rounds. Yeah. We can just screw around, mess around, and play Among Us. Hopefully I can, uh, I'm hoping to try and get by the end, especially once I get into December, uh, mm-hmm. I want to play around and get some uh, some Twitch streams going because I have a buddy that that Twitch streams and he's doing pretty well. So, kind of want to you know follow suit and uh, and help out with that. Um, especially since I, I don't know if I'm gonna have an internship in in 2021. I hope, but who <laughs> knows? Because the world is weird. Nobody really uh, knows what's happening uh, with this world. In, until the world returns to normal, watch the Masters tournament. I am watching it right now. I have it on the background. I ever since I started like playing golf, well, like this year I went way more than I usually go just because there's nothing else to do. I'm very thankful I did because I got really into golf now and I actually get entertained now by watching the like the major tournaments and stuff because I don't know what it is. When you start playing, you like start start to watch for the right stuff, I guess. And it makes it more entertaining. Yeah, for sure. Like before, I I would never I would never think I would be excited to just sit down on a Friday morning and just watch the Masters, which is what I did this morning. I guess literally gonna be like get up, put coffee in your espresso machine, and then you just go ahead and uh, and do that. Yeah, that was it. Um, it's funny though because now that I'm starting to see it, there's a. Uh, you see, like you know how every 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 fan base for any sport has their like boomers and like the new wave fans and all that. Yeah. There's, there's boomer golfer fans and new wave golf fans as well. Yeah, I feel like that's literally. I I, I kind of you know what I want to see. I want to see boomer esport fans. Like how would that like, even? I have no idea. Like. Considering that every everybody like the, who like esports is like 21 years old, like the pong, the pong players, uh, the old school Pac-Man players. We don't like, need we don't need these fancy graphics. Ranked? What is this ranked bullshit? I was ranked number one in the world. What's this gold, bronze, and silver shit? 
I didn't have this stuff when I was a kid. But, oh, man, is it brutal. Uh, but, yeah, we, uh, let's go ahead and, uh, I guess we'll go we ahead and call it. We went all over the place today. We did. We went from talking about basketball to vaccines to video games to, like, golf to all of this stuff. Uh, also, W to America. You guys hopefully finally can have some decency. But I don't know oh. what I don't I don't want to get into that now. Because also, that's... the props to the to the Miami Marlins. Yes, forgot about that. Uh, the first ever female general manager in baseball history in the Miami Marlins with uh, I forget how to pronounce her her last name. Is it Ing? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but which, right. that that's really really great. Uh, also, one thing that I realized uh, there was a. Uh, you, you follow Dom LeChesson, right, for The Athletic? Yeah. So he posted an article last year talking about the diversity in uh, in hockey operations, uh, the gender diversity. Guess who has the highest gender diversity gap in all of hockey? Who is it? Is it the Leafs? It is the Leafs. They have 16% women to 84% males. Then the New Jersey Devils have 10, uh, 90 to 10. Then it goes like the Islanders have nine percent. Same with the Avs. Well, I know that, that Kyle Dubas is big on that because he, if for like if he has to make hires or whatever throughout the the organization for whatever the need may be, or it might be just an organize an organizational thing, not just for the not just what Kyle Dubas does, right? Yeah, but exactly. But he sees all the applications in a way where he doesn't see what their gender is or name or anything like that. He just sees qualifications and makes a hire based on that. Yeah. And what's really funny is the two, the two teams that don't have any women employed are the national predators and the Washington capitals because men, we need hockey men, hockey men, no shit. Well, apparently that's something. Um, the diversity is something that, um, the Seattle, um, uh, ownership group is big on i hope so man like i want to see so much diversity the lack of diversity is really what's killing the game yeah exactly that's like one thing that i really feel like especially when looking at the grand scheme of things like it's just it's hard to describe sometimes yeah for sure like, anyways, so yeah, congratulations to her. Congratulations. We need more females in sport. Yes. Man. Women belong in sports. Don't forget that. And uh, that's everything for today. Wanna wanna close it out? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> So, I didn't know where you uh, went for a second. Yeah, I, I, I was sending a text message, so my apologies. Uh, yeah, follow the Twitter at Q underscore City Roundup. And I did not... We will be getting an Instagram soon. Yes, we're working on getting an Instagram. We probably might get a TikTok, let's be real. Uh, probably. It's not, it's not my decision. Uh, Joey apparently has a, a two... 
uh, he has a uh, he counts for two votes instead of uh, instead of one, so that can definitely help. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 in charge here. I'm the captain now. Yeah, it's definitely I I I have no say anymore. I have no recourse. I can't take it to court. They'll just get thrown out like uh, all the American lawsuits that are not even lawsuits. All Trump's uh, lawsuits. Yep. There's voter wa- fraud. We're throwing that one out. We're voter fraud. Nope. <laughs> but you didn't even look at it. Nope. Just, just no. That's all that there is. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we're gonna be hopefully uh, cooking and getting some stuff done within the next couple of weeks, going into December. Uh, we're just gonna be a little busy uh, due to the fact that like uh, both of our semesters are coming up, and like uh, the last, uh, the next like month or so after next week is gonna be a little crazy, just with all of the. Uh, assignments that i have to do and presentations and whatnot but one at a time it's not like i'm going anywhere but uh but it's yeah, not like there's look, anywhere to go honest to god yeah so uh yeah let's uh we'll call it here thank you all for tuning in see y'all next week as far as when we'll record your guess is as good as ours so uh y'all take care stay safe wear a mask social distance wash your hands and uh, watch some golf, because when the world's on fire, you can take in a really, really nice golf course. So yep. y'all take care, stay safe. Bye. I should stop doing that. All right, easy. Bye. <laughs>